is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hello! Yay, I am so excited for today's episode. I get a lot of messages from you ladies about food sensitivities, like, oh, you know, I feel really sick from eating ice cream, and you think that that would stop me from buying ice cream and buying dairy products. But I keep buying it and eating it in excess and feeling sick, cleaning out the fridge, and then eventually buying it again. So this cycle that keeps happening. And so if this is you, I just want to destigmatize and let you know that you're not alone. A lot of people struggle with this. Um, if you've been eating a certain food for 20, 30, 40 years and it has sentimental value, the cultural significance, and now you're supposed to just not eat it, you read some book, you read some diet, you had someone just tell you, stop eating this food, um, and you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be eating this, but you keep doing it. Um, it's a really tricky thing, and no one ever really teaches you, like, well, how do you do this besides just just stop doing this. Like that's, I don't know, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful. So I'm really excited because today on the podcast, I have certified health coach, Justine Clark. Justine helps women with thyroid disease find food freedom. Justine is a formal dieter. She also has some food sensitivities and that can feel really restrictive. So today we talk about what food freedom looks like for her and for her clients. Like how do you eat normally when you have a list of foods that don't make your body feel good? How do you do that? How do we navigate this and not feel, you know, restricted and not like eventually binge on those foods that you're quote, not supposed to be eating? Like, what does this look like? How does this process happen? Um, how do you live a quote, normal life? a happy life where you're not like where food doesn't rule your life. So, so excited for today. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, I have Justine Clark. Justine, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Jacqueline? Good. So excited to see you. Um, Justine and I have been online besties for over a year now. Yeah. It's been quite a ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just, this is one of my favorite things about social media is when you can like meet someone and then take the relationship off of the platform and um like they become one of your you know soul partners in life so anyways we're gonna get started so justine i always like to start with kind of hearing a little bit more about what food and fitness looked like for you maybe growing up before adulthood because there's like so many things that happen (laughs) to bring us to where we are so what did that look like for you um, you know, maybe before high school or during high school? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm glad that you went back because generally the problems that we have now aren't created in the now, right? It happens like back when we're little in childhood, that's when we learn all those things. So that's a really good question. Um, I was completely obsessed with being fit, being skinny. I was an athlete. I was a water skiing athlete. So that was like my main world was to look and feel the part. And so that came at an expense. You know, I was doing really hardcore diets, tracking calories. I literally was the kid who would wake up early before anyone else in the house to do a workout. I actually remember my brother getting so mad at me we actually lived in a smaller house and he was in the bedroom right next to mine. <laughs> and uh, I remember if you've ever done cardio, which I know, you know, you guys probably do because Jacqueline's a runner and, you know, that's cardio. So it's a fast feet exercise where you're just pounding your feet on the floor, like speed feet. 
And I just remember him yelling at me, stop moving, like just stop, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. So, but I didn't care. Like I was so willing to fit the part, look the part that like I was gonna do anything to get it. So, I mean, that was basically my whole childhood going through to try shakes, fat burners, all kinds of supplements. I was the person who literally bought all the health magazines in the checkout lane. <laughs> like that's where they'd get me that stupid checkout lane, right? And I would save all the articles. Doesn't it, like, did you ever do that? Did you like literally save articles, pin them to your wall and like <laughs> no. look at them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there was yeah. like a, a food or health obsession. Yeah. From early yeah. on. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I was just trying to lose weight and when I was younger, even younger than that, I was kind of heavier. Like I wasn't overweight, but I was chubby. I remember like looking at my thighs and thinking, wow, like these thighs, like my thighs are bigger than anyone else's that I know. Like anyone in my family, my mom was always really, really skinny, like a rail. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like I didn't fit in and that made me feel unworthy of who I was as a person because I didn't fit the ideal body. Yeah. In which that's where the magazines came in. Those idols where you see on the front cover or inside the three steps to get skinny or whatever, you know, like that whole thing. That's probably where that came from. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I've had this conversation about our thighs and I know, um, someone from my health coaching certification was talking about that too. Like when you sit and your thighs like kind of bloop down, but then like you'll look at like your best friend and your best yeah. friend's thighs just like stay like pencils and you're just like, but my thighs. And I think Janine Roth will talk about that too. Like if I could only just like cut off part of my thighs, like everything would be fixed. Everything would be fine. Like this obsession with our legs as if that was yeah. going to fix something. Yeah, I know. Like what, what was the goal? right? Like, what was I trying to achieve? Just, right? Like you said, cutting half of my thigh off, like that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. So you're obsessed with health. You're obsessed with these health app magazines. From the outside, it might look like, oh, look at Justine. She, like she exercises in the morning. Um, she like eats, you know, takes these supplements. You know, she's always reading these health magazines. Um, what came out of that? Like what, you know, was that like high school? Yeah, it was high school, and, um, you know, along that same line, I started to have digestive issues, which I thought the answer was more dieting, um, but overall, you know, more dieting equaled more anxiety, equaled more stress, mm -hmm. equaled more unhappiness with my body, and it was just that constant revolving door, and... With that, I was also sneaking pizza at night after my mom would make Friday night pizza. Well, Justine, you can't have that because it's carbs, it's fat, it's lots of things that you know you shouldn't have, right? But then after dinner, I'd watch them all eat, watch them put away the leftovers, and then I'd sneak on back into the kitchen and just have as much pizza as I wanted. So with all that strict dieting, with all of that glamour of trying to get skinny was the opposite side of restricting myself to the point 
avenging and sneaking food and then feeling really uncomfortable in my body. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what it boiled down to. And then the digestive issues all came with it. That's when I started to realize that there was probably something a little bit more going on, but I didn't know that, you know, diet, 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 let's do some more. There's something wrong. Let's do some more dieting. Let's eat less of this, eat less of that. And then my doctor, um, went to the doctor. He just prescribed me lots of things. Like I was swallowing too much air. (laughs) That's like the, what? I'm swallowing too much air. Okay. And he said, yeah, you're, you may be. (laughs) I'm like watching my breathing right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't chew gum because you're swallowing that, those air pockets with it. Don't chew hard candy. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Then that didn't work, you know? And then so he prescribed me medicine. I don't remember what it was, but it was for some type of digestion. Anyway, it did not work. So come to find out with all of the other things going on, ended up being a dairy intolerance. Because one day, um, well, first of all, we, we got our milk from people down the street. We lived in a tiny town. So I drank whole milk from the cow. And I just remember, oh my gosh, I could not get out of bed. My belly and my back hurt so bad. And my mom walks in. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I feel like I'm passing a brick, <laughs> like a brick of cheese through. I don't even know. But at that point it was like, okay, yeah, it's got to be dairy. So, and that kind of started that little era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say di- digestive issues, I want to kind of, so like, stomach hurt, your body hurt, it was hard to get out of bed. What what other things kind of did you notice? Yeah, so stomach hurt really bad. I couldn't get out of bed. And that was like the worst. That was like when I actually figured it out. But Mm -hmm. before that, when I was not in pain, I would belch all the time. Like like loud, like it would, like I could win a burping contest with anyone. And my family would always be like, you know what you like, that's just rude. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, literally, I cannot help it. Like I just, I felt so bad, but at the same time, if I kept it in, like I would be so bloated and there was just that, okay, Justine's weird. <laughs> like what is wrong with Justine? Cause nobody else in my family burped or had digestive issues or anything else. So I think that just added to the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, I have never heard you belt. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that is never. Yeah. 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 I don't anymore unless, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really think there's anything that triggers it now. Maybe if I eat too quickly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm so glad that you said that because I hear this a lot from people like digestive issues. And it's like, I think sometimes like saying that it's like, well, what does that mean? And so when people can hear like, oh, there's this and like it like, oh, like that's not normal to be doing that all the time. Like, but sometimes like we make it our new normal, like, oh, I'm just rude. I just burp all the time, whatever. But it's like, well, yeah. there's something going on with like the things in your body happening that like why that is happening yeah Yeah, that's so true and it can be there can be many other symptoms like burping is just one of them like I think any type of gas any type of bloating any type of un like discomfort I think that's a big flag there Mm -hmm. so you're at the doctor and the doctor's like don't swallow so much air Justine um don't chew gum don't chew car candy um what happened did that solve everything (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, <clears throat> after we figured out that it was a dairy thing, um, I just kind of experimented with that, see where it went. Um, I noticed a huge decline in the way that my symptoms were showing up, like way less belching, anything like that. But then came, you know, like the struggle of figuring out, like looking at ingredients lists, like, you know, looking to see what actually has dairy in it, because a lot of stuff has it and you just don't know it. So, but the biggest thing was not drinking milk or at least dairy milk for me anymore. I think that was the first step, you know, and that actually helped a lot because I drank a lot of milk. So, but no, it did not really solve anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, finding out that dairy was kind of the cause and then can you talk a little bit more about how you took that out of your diet without it being this crap, I can't eat cheese, I can't have dairy? Because that's a big one. I have a lot of people that have come to me and be like, I know I'm not supposed to eat dairy. And I'm like, why aren't you supposed to eat it? Like, who told you that? And they're like, no, no, no. It's not that someone told me. It's that, like, I physically experience discomfort. I feel sick to my stomach. Um, all of these things but I still eat it. I still eat ice cream. So like, how do you, what do you do about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So back in the day, it was, I can't have that. That's literally what I said to myself. So yeah, it's a completely different narrative than what I have now. So back then it was, no, you can't have cheese. No, you can't have dairy of any sorts. And you know, that still led me to wanting to eat ice cream. That still led me to sneaking into the freezer at night and eating ice cream. And then it led to lots of symptoms that I didn't necessarily want. But five years ago, just to fast forward a bit and still talking about the dairy, um, five years ago, March 2014, I had thyroid surgery and half of my thyroid has been removed. And with that process, I have figured out a way to balance these things. So back in the day it was, no, you cannot <clears throat> eat any type of dairy or cheese or ice cream, which led to a binge. And now it's more like, you know what, you can have those things. I can. I mean, there's nobody stopping me. There's not, I'm not in a jail and cheese is on the other side. Like, no, you can have those. But for me, it's like, but how is that going to make you feel? But are you willing to go through the symptoms and experience, you know, like really low energy? Like, are you wanting to start burping again? Like, those types of things are what help me, <clears throat> help remind me that I can make the decision for myself and it gives me free will to choose for myself. And at that point, I can then decide the best thing for me versus having to feel caged and longing and wanting, you know? Yeah. So yeah, giving yourself the choice because you could choose like you can do this, like you're allowed to. And I like what you said because a lot of times we will say like, don't do this, don't do this, as if that's actually going to help us change when it's like, but no, like I actually can, like I can choose to not do this. So what do you mean it's not allowed? Like it, it is allowed. Um, there, you aren't in prison. There isn't anyone holding your hands down. So kind of like giving yourself that choice and just changing that narrative. We talk a lot about like the things we say in our head. <laughs> yes. And that self-talk and the question series that you went through. Like, how do you want to feel? That That's so helpful for people to hear. 
um, that does give you choice. And then you're allowed to, you can choose which one you want. Yeah. But I also think that's what scares people the most. Mm. You know, like they think, well, if I'm allowed to make a decision, then, you know, what am I going to do? Like all panic ensues, I think. And that was for me too. Like it took a lot of practice. It didn't just go from, okay, yes, I give myself freedom of choice. And then I figured it all out. No, there was a lot of messing up. Like, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of times where, you know, I would eat something and then I kind of bully myself or feel guilty. But I always remembered like, what is my whole goal in this? Like, what am I actually trying to achieve? Am I trying to fight cheese and dairy and all my other intolerances for the rest of my life? Am I wanting to beat myself up after every single time that I eat or go out with my husband or, you know, whatever? Like, do I really want to have this battle with food for the rest of my life? Or do I actually want to find a way to balance it all and actually be okay with it? Because I mean, this isn't going to change. My body is not just going to magically be able to eat dairy or gluten or anything else, you know? So, yeah. Oh, that's so huge. Because if you're in a fight with someone, there has to be a winner. But if you're approaching it as like, like if you're in a fight with yourself, there's a winner and there's a loser. But if you're approaching it as, hey, I want to take care of myself. My goal is to be healthy. How do, yeah. I, how do I get there? And the positive self-talk is a part of health. Like not being in a fight with yourself is a part of health. And I want to circle yeah. back to kind of like what you said earlier, the stress and the anxiety. Um, a few minutes ago, we were talking about that. Like that's a big thing. Like that can cause a lot of other health problems. Like oh, yeah. the negative self-talk and the stress we build up because of that. So yeah, stress. So I love this quote and I don't know where it came from, to be honest, but it is that if you're constantly eating salad, yet you're stressed, it defeats the purpose. Like it totally cancels out what that salad could have been doing for you. But instead, you decided to like flood your body with cortisol and stress and all those negative things that are associated. So no matter if you're eating salad or brownies, if you're stressed, it does nothing. So yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing because, like, we can look at two different people. Like, let's just say me and Jacqueline. Let's just say, you know, Jacqueline loves salad, and I'm working on liking salad, let's just say, you know. And if I'm eating the salad, Jacqueline's eating the salad, we're eating it together. If Jacqueline's cool with it and I'm super stressed, it's going to have way more benefits for Jacqueline than it would for me, even though it's the same exact salad, it's the same exact ingredients, it's the same everything. But when we're in a stressed out state, if I'm eating, I'm super stressed. Number one, we're not digesting it. We're not absorbing it as well. And therefore we're not getting as much nutrients from the salad. So, and then most likely we're going to be hungry in the next hour or two because we didn't actually get all the food and the nutrients that we needed. So it's like, okay, now I'm unhappy with that salad. Now what? Like what's going to actually satisfy me? What's going to actually nourish me? Like what am I actually longing for? You know? So if it was a piece of pizza, let's just say, cause I'm obsessed. Jacqueline, we're all obsessed with pizza. I'm guessing everyone is on your podcast too. Mm -hmm. So if we're pushing ourselves into eating salad, because we think like that is <laughs> yeah, the, the, the answer. 
that's the solution, right? But really we wanted pizza, then that's not going to help us. So what if we were able to balance them? What if we were able to do both? What if we were able to have a piece or two or three, whatever you decide of pizza and then have salad with it? Like, wouldn't that be a compromise? <laughs> and that would be a lot less stress too, right? Mm, I love that. I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I think this, I'll talk about this. Like you're allowed to have both and people are like, but no, that just works for you. And it's like, the more that we can have this message of like, actually other people have figured other people who have struggled, you know, just eating the salad and being pissed off about eating the salad, um, have found a way and it, and none of our ways are exactly the same, but the, like the joy level, like I love eating salad. Like, yeah, I love it. But yeah, there were plenty of times where I was just eating my iceberg lettuce and just like, this is disgusting. Oh, I know. And yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the other thing too, like the kind of like what you said when you were seek, you were secret eating the pizza, like after your family went away, what was your joy level around food <laughs> when you were eating that? Or like how stressed were you? <laughs> well, when I was eating it, I was on a joy level of 10, <laughs> of course. But as soon as I was done, like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, Justine, you really messed up this time. Like, all the guilt, like, literally, my joy level of 10 when I was eating it plummeted down to, like, if there was negatives, I would have been in the negative because it immediately went to beating myself up you know, caused more stress and reminded me that I can't do it. I can't do this. You know, I think that's what happens when we go all or nothing. When we hit that point of nothing where we're totally falling off the wagon and binging or whatever that looks like, I think that we take that as proof that we're not capable and we're not worthy and we're not enough to make this type of lifestyle happen for us. But in reality, it's not that you can't do it. It's that for me, it's about, for me anyway, it was an approach of all or nothing. Like it was either on or off, hot or cold, and that led to extremes. And I couldn't find balance until I was able to compromise with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And I think oh, for a lot of us, like if we only know all or nothing and that's the way we've approached everything in our lives, this whole idea of like compromise and balance with food, like can feel so foreign and it can feel so scary, but it's like, well, what else is there? It's like, you can keep trying to all or nothing, which you have evidence doesn't work. So it's like, okay, this is literally the only other thing that you can do. Cause you know that that doesn't work. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so I have a lot of people that will come to me and they'll say like, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to have the Easter cookies or I'm not supposed to have the Christmas cookies. Um, I don't have those during, you know, the rest of the time I eat pretty clean and then they freak out when it's a holiday and they just kind of go overboard. So like, how do they get out of that mindset? Like what, like, what would you tell someone to do? Yeah, that's, that is big. I think holidays are what hang us up, you know, holidays, vacation, summer, you know, all that's coming. You know, I think the first thing that I would ask is what is your desired outcome for that? It doesn't have to be a holiday. It can be, you can plug this in anytime. So what is your actual desired outcome? Um, and most people, 
people that I talk to, and I'm sure you can relate, is that their desired outcome is generally they want to spend time with their family. They want to have quality time. Like they don't want to be asleep, taking naps and feel really bloated and unbuttoning their pants. So if that is true, like if, if, if you can stand behind that, then I think it's really important to take food off a pedestal because I think um, at that point, what catches us, we can all agree that we want to spend time with family and yes, we want to enjoy the food, but how can we make it normal? So holiday food probably is stuff that you don't have around very often. And in, in your mind, <clears throat> we feel like it's here now and we have to eat it now. Otherwise, it's going to be gone tomorrow and we won't be able to eat it. But in all actuality, like whatever it is that you have there, may it be turkey, ham, sweet potatoes, you know, the whole fixings, all of that is always available. Like you can always go to the grocery store. You can always buy those things. You can always fix them. You know, I think that's a huge thing is that we think that they're off limits all other times of the year. And I think that's another thing too. Yeah, like we allow ourselves this get out of free jail card. I guess, you know, we're on a diet, we're eating strict, we're, especially before holidays, like we're prepping for the holiday the week before. So if we're really, really, really good now, then I can overeat on the holiday and it'll be fine. Like it'll all even itself out. And while, you know, there's nothing wrong with overeating or accidentally eating more portions. I mean, for me on Easter, this was the last holiday. I had some Easter candy. And was that necessarily on my list? Like, should I have eaten candy? Like, I mean, I think we can all agree that candy, you know, nutritionally speaking, candy doesn't really serve a purpose. It's more of a soul food mm -hmm. and it makes you feel good, right? So going back to the whole all or nothing, like if we're always all in 100% with our diet and then we give ourselves to get out of jail free card and go all the way in on the other side, then oh. we're just going to be constantly going back and forth. So where's the middle? Yeah. Right. So I think honestly being okay with buying candy and eating it all year round. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, is mm -hmm. that like what a normal nutritionist or health coach would say? Probably not, but I know it's what we would say, mm -hmm. right? Wouldn't you say the same? Like, why can't we have a candy every day? Yeah. Why can't we eat that, you know, more often? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And even it just when you said the all or nothing, like if that's our mindset, even when we're doing the nothing, it's actually it's like we're all in on the nothing. Like we're oh it's yeah, not even to zero. It's like I'm gonna be at a hundred percent on not taking care of my body. Like I'm just gonna yeah. go yeah that yeah. um mm-hmm yeah. And then when we then we say, but it's okay. We'll just start over again on Monday. I'll just start my diet again tomorrow. No big deal. And then we swing all the way back to the other side. And then that evening or the next weekend, we're all the way back on the other side. You know, and that, that's what it was like for me. And I know your story is very similar. So, yeah. So when you talk about maybe foods like pizza, which does have um, cheese or ice cream, um, and you're quote, not supposed to have that, like, what is, like, what do you, do you eat 
what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have pizza at least once a week. Like I, it's my favorite food. And for me, I have to have gluten-free crust, dairy-free cheese. You know, I eat meat. So I know there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that do. I choose to. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it gives me the most energy, but mm-hmm. I also load it up with plants. So, <clears throat> I mean, that takes away for the gluten, for the dairy. I mean, that that that's one of the two biggest things for me. So I like to keep those things as is. However, going like, for example, the Easter candy, like that ingredients list, you know, isn't ideal, obviously. However, if we eat some of it, if I eat some of it, whether it's gluten, whether it's dairy, you know, maybe it's an Easter candy, it's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. So for the majority of what I do is to make substitutes, like include substitutes for all of those things that I just mentioned. But also knowing that if there is a little bit, like if my mom makes food and I'm down in Missouri in my hometown and there's nothing else to eat, then it will be okay. Like it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to let it stress me out because I think going back to that stress and that anxiety, that makes it so much worse than it actually is. And I have come to find it's so interesting how our bodies work and how our bodies heal through time. But back in the day, like when I was little, I had such bad digestive issues after thyroid surgery. Like I was still trying to figure out what foods were not necessarily working for me. Um, And then like now when I do have that mindset and having that mindset, it has made me realize like when I do have those foods, even though they're few and far between, when I do have them, I don't react to them nearly as much as I used to. But I would have never figured that out if I wouldn't have allowed myself the freedom and the choice. You know, it all kind of has that full round circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So you make the substitutions, but even if you did have something that wasn't, that had a little bit, you tell yourself, you tell yourself you're okay. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, that's a big thing too. I hear this a lot. Like, but how do I not let it stress me out? How do I not let it cause this big anxiety fest? How do I not let it snowball into eating, you know, seven pizzas and seven pints of ice cream? Like, but like how? (laughs) So how do you do Yeah. Yeah, no. I honestly think it does all start with the mind. Like, even when five years ago, when I had half of my thyroid removed, and if, if you've had thyroid issues and you've had surgery, like in your head, like whether you had surgery, whether you're getting medicine, like at that point, you would think that all your problems are solved, right? Mm-hmm. However, mine weren't. Mine got much worse before I actually figured them out and got better. The whole point of this is at, when I realized that my thyroid, half of it being taken out, wasn't the solution. I told myself, no matter what, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to figure this out. And at that point, I made the decision to embody that human. I had to literally step into those shoes and believe it to my core that I was going to figure it out. And that's kind of the attitude that I've had every day since then. Like, 
if I'm having a hard day, if something comes up, like I literally have to embody that human of it doesn't matter what happens, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. So I think, you know, it's a, it's a huge mind game. However, I think it is important. So like if there is food there, um, I, so ahead of time, so if there is food there and if, if there's nothing that I can do about it, then I'll just focus on portions. So, um, you know, putting it on my plate, walking away, sitting down, actually enjoying my food because that's, that's one thing. If I put all of these things on my plate, even though if I have correct portions, if I go sit down and I'm hurriedly eating, that's the first thing we'll do, right? If it's something that we know we should, quote unquote, shouldn't be eating, okay. we'll rush through it, we'll eat it, we'll scarf it down and pretend like it never happened. And that's generally what causes us to overeat. We'll actually go back for more. We'll feel guilty. We'll feel full. Our digestion is way off because it's not actually digesting properly. But <clears throat> what I do and what I practice doing, again, it's, never, it's not always perfect, but this is the goal, is to actually walk away, sit down, and actually enjoy my food while breathing and chewing and getting the full you know, experience, experience yeah. of the meal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, once I get that full experience, if I'm still hungry, I can go back, but generally I'm not, you know, and that's, I think that's a huge thing. It doesn't matter again, kind of like the salad, like it doesn't matter what you're eating. It, it matters how you approach it mm. and how you're, delivering it, I guess. Does that answer the question? Yeah. So food. So yeah, I think so. Like you're talking about your mindset and the experience. So like you're giving yourself permission, you're allowing it and you're choosing, like you're literally choosing to like add health. And when I say health, I mean like not be stressed out versus adding stress. You can eat the freaking jelly beans, but you're going to choose to eat it in a healthy way. And I don't mean like <laughs> cutting jelly beans in fourths and eating with a fork. Like you're choosing. Oh yeah. Like, like the healthy, cause we only, like, we usually only think that health means low cal, um, low carb, like, but no, like there's this other, like, no, like mental health, emotional health, like being surrounded with people, like it's an experience. Um, I was reading in the, I can't remember what book, but they're kind of talking about the French paradox and that people in France don't have a lot of the health problems that we have. And they're like, but they eat tons of bread and they eat tons of cheese and they drink tons of wine. But like their meals last like 22 minutes where our meals last 14 minutes. And I know when I was a teacher, like yeah. 14 minutes, are you kidding me? Four minutes. Like I'm going to eat my meal in four <laughs> minutes. I'm going to make food that can just be like, just get into my stomach, whatever it is, as fast as it can be like chewing. What's that? But you are choosing to make it an experience. You're choosing to make it, you know, a 22-minute experience instead of a four-minute. Uh, yeah. Enjoying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like you said, when we eat, the normal is to have all kinds of distractions, right? Mm -hmm. Or eating on the go, eating while at your office desk, eating while you're in conversation, while you're gossiping, while, you know, all of those things are distractions from the actual food experience. And nine times out of 10, those things are adding stress. So 
you know, while we're eating, we're adding stress, we're not able to digest correctly. That makes us hungry in an hour or two, like that constant cycle. Yeah. 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 I love what you said about, you know, teaching and scarfing it down in four minutes. That, that, I mean, that's so normal. It's normalized, normalized, not normal. For sure. Yeah. And like, if you are the person that's actually going to take your full break, you feel as if people are going to tell you you're lazy. How dare you're not working this whole time. But it's like, okay, but if I don't actually take my break, I'm going to burn out. So which one do you want? Do you want me to like enjoy my meal and like be happy or be stressed out and eventually have to leave this job? Like which one? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Because the motto of society is hustle, go, 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 go. So, you know, that goes back to like one of our basic human needs of wanting to feel connected, you know, and that's one of the ways that we can feel quote unquote connected is that when we're doing things like other people, if everyone else is go, 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 well, we need to feel connected and go, go, go too, you know, but at what expense, right? Oh, that is so huge. I'm glad that you said that because that is true that we, we create community and the community can be wonderful and it can be happy or we can we can create community in really crappy situations. We feel connected to people because we're all stressed out. We're all busy. We're all blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool. Now we're in this like misery community. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like the five people you surround yourself with, you become the sixth. Is mm-hmm. that, is that the quote? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Something yeah. you're, yeah, you're mo- look at the five people around you, like that you are the average of them. Yeah. So I want to, this is so important. And I think that this is another thing I want to segue a little bit um, and talk about the keto diet because there is, you know, I mean, honestly, it's not even just the keto diet. It's like any diet and especially with social media that there are these communities and you know, you, you find a community of people that have similar struggles. You're going to like do something together. And that's why whole 30 is so freaking huge. You're like, Oh wow. You would, you had struggles with emotional eating and you know, you were eating processed foods and didn't know, you know, like, okay, cool. Now I'm part of the whole 30 community. And while keto doesn't have this like central base, like this, you know, single person that created it, it is a big, huge thing in the last few years. Um, have you seen, what have you seen with your clients? What are your thoughts on this? Um, cause you know, it is like people are like, Oh, keto, like <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. Gosh. Every time I turn around, I hear somebody trying keto and you know, there's gosh, over a hundred plus diets. So of course, you know, keto is the one now, but, um, yeah. So keto, <clears throat> I think it holds a place, but it's definitely not for everyone, especially if it's going to be a long-term thing. And I know our, you know, the way we see things is that you want to choose a lifestyle that's actually going to be something that you can maintain long-term. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's not really serving a purpose. So for keto, I think it can serve a purpose for two people, two types of people, It was actually created for epilepsy patients. And then I think another would be diabetes. So if you're really trying to get your diabetes numbers down, it may be. Now, again, I'm not one to provide 
that type of guidance. So that's something that you want to check with your doctor about. Now, for my type, people that come to me, they generally have thyroid issues. And I do not think it's the best choice. And, but, however, I can see why that you would think that it may be. So keto promises rapid weight loss. It promises tons of energy. So that's what it promises, and I get that would be why you want to try it. However, there's a few things that you may want to consider before giving it a go because I, from at least the people that I talk to, they've tried it, they've really went hardcore with it, and now they're having some health complications. And the reason being, two things when it comes to thyroid people, thyroid people, <laughs> like setting us aside in this mm -hmm. tiny little group, thyroid people. Um, so two things. So your thyroid needs carbs. Any human body needs carbs. And the keto diet says you should not have carbs, like very minimal, right? And for the biggest thing to heal your thyroid, you know, you should be getting lots of greens, fruits, you know, I, I you know, carbs, they're, I'm, I'm not going to put carbs into a group, you know, like you'll see like these bad carbs or these good carbs. Like, I don't think that's even a thing. I think it just comes down again to choices. Mm -hmm. Like you want to get more <clears throat> nutritional value because ultimately thyroid disease, you are generally nutrient deficient. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to build back up nutrients? Well, we have to consume them like we have to eat them we have to get them in our body somehow and the biggest place to get that is from carbs like vegetables and fruits right and sweet potatoes regular potatoes like anything like that so that's one thing that isn't going to be serving you is to be restricting all of those things and then the second is loads of fat while fat is healthy when it becomes our main <laughs> food source, right? Like the cheeses, the porks, the meats, like all of those things are fine separately, right? But when we're eating them in masses, it's not beneficial to our liver because our liver fat, so fat keeps us full for a reason. Fat is, it takes us longer to digest fat. Mm -hmm. But when we have tons and tons of tons and tons of fat, then it slows down our liver, which is essentially our, you know, detoxer. It sends it to the kidneys. It sends it to the gut for elimination. But if our liver is slow, then also everything else that our body is trying to get rid of, like the thyroid virus, neurotoxins, heavy metals, you know, all of those things are not able to exit the body either. So the whole idea behind the keto diet is weight loss and high energy. However, you know, again, kind of going back to at what expense, because, you know, at first you might feel that way, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. Instant result. That's the hard part too, is that like someone might hear that and be like, no, but I did do it. And I stuck to it for two weeks or for 30 days. And I did have lots of high energy, but then yep. what happened that you stopped? Like, why did you stop doing mm -hmm. it? There's a reason you stopped doing it. Yeah. And I, for me, it's either health complications that I've heard from people or not able to sustain it. Like you're, again, you're feeling that there's something missing in your life, whether it be going out to eat at restaurants with your family, your husband, you know, going to the movies, 
or whatever, you know? I think, you know, it doesn't really fit an ideal lifestyle that someone likes to have in regards to relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that's huge. And I'm so glad that you said that too, because it goes back to like, cool, like you can obsess over this diet, but at what expense? What are you missing out on to sustain this diet, you know, Mm -hmm. to be a part of this online community? Like what about the other areas of your life? And it's like you're sacrificing all of that for just this. Yeah. So it always goes back to what's your desired outcome? You know, I think we have to get really real with ourselves. Like, is your desired outcome to only lose weight and you don't care about anything else? Then yeah, that might work. But if it's not your desired outcome, I think finding a different route, a more balanced route, if that is what you're wanting, it's out there. You know, I mean, we talk about it with, you work on it every day with your clients. So yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the hard part too. Like, like, if someone's idea, like if someone's listening to you and they're just like, no, Jacqueline, no, Justine, like I just want to lose weight. And I could be like, okay, cool. Like I was in that place too, where I was like, F everything else. I don't care. I'll hang out with friends. I'll go to a restaurant once I lose weight. So if my, like my desired outcome was solely to lose weight, it's like, that shit only works for a little bit of time. And then your body is just like, no, can we please have a slice of bread? Can we please have, like I had a client that, had done keto a couple years ago and the um the guilt around eating carrots like she was like she felt guilty she was like oh my gosh you know I got vegetables to eat and I was happy with that but they were carrots and I feel really guilty about it and I was like listen to what you're saying though because you've been trained to think that carrots are bad carrots carrots but <sighs> the content yes. of carrots versus kale right but it's like like we got to go back to like we're we're saying that carrots are unhealthy but butter in our coffee is healthy oh yes yeah yeah like it's not gonna last it might it might work for a little bit but it's not gonna last but also like anything okay cut out processed food and you'll you'll lose weight but once you want like that you know just yeah yeah don't eat cheetos anymore okay oh yeah Oh yeah. Like yeah. anyone can cut things out. Anyone. I mean, and you can maintain that for a little while, but think about the rebound. Like I know for me, when I cut things out, like when I was especially first starting this journey of figuring out like the balance between actually what my body is wanting, because you know, when I do eat things that like dairy or gluten or anything like that, like, yeah, I do have a reaction. So for me, like that's immediate. Like it's like somebody smacks me on, you know, I don't want to say like smacks me on the wrist, but if you could, if you did yeah. something bad when you were little, you got retaliated for it very quickly. That's sure. how I feel like when I eat sometimes, like if it's not ideal, okay, let's just say that if it's not ideal, then I get retaliated very quickly. Whereas someone that maybe doesn't have thyroid disease, maybe there's no retaliation, like that creeps up, right? So we think like in our heads, like if we eat this now, we're going to gain weight overnight but that's not the truth, right? Like we both know that. Um, and if we do gain weight, then it's most likely something other than fat. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad we talked about that. So I want to talk a little bit more about the term food freedom, which is kind of, you know, <clears throat> it's thrown out 
a lot these days. Um, the big, there's like, I mean, this is how anything works, like the pendulum. And so I think we went from the low fat, like highly processed, like we're getting like Cool Whip and, but it's low fat Cool Whip, so it's okay. And then we swung, which, you know, tons of chemicals. And then we swung to like clean eating. Um, and that was like a really popular term, clean eating, paleo, um, keto. Um, and now like the big terms out there are like food freedom, intuitive eating, but I see a lot of, I see a lot of this and I've even had people email me, um, to be on the podcast. So like, Oh, I, I don't diet anymore. I, uh, help people attain food freedom. And then I go on their website and it's like, um, here's my food freedom list of foods that you're allowed to eat. Like this is like what they're giving their clients. And I was like, but if you're telling your clients, these are the foods they are allowed to eat, that means there's a whole list of foods that they're not allowed to eat. How is that food freedom? Or there's other things like food freedom. Just bring your food scale to the restaurant. Like, you know, and just oh, yeah. make sure you weigh all of your food. Or food freedom. Just make sure you have your phone and you're tracking everything on an app. And I'll tell my clients, like, I think that some of these things can be helpful. And we'll talk about scaffolding. Like, it can be helpful. I was tracking calories for a little bit. But again, that wasn't what I wanted from life. It was just scaffolding. So when you talk about food freedom, what, like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that I don't subscribe to anything out there. Right. <laughs> like I eat for me, like it's the Justine's way of eating. And that is what allows me to, to eat freely and to have food freedom is that I don't have to worry about any lists and even though I do have food sensitivities like sure that I could create a list for that sure I could but what is that list actually doing is it serving me a purpose no like sure I could look at it sure I could think about all the things that I ate and do they actually fit on that list sure but you know I think again I think honestly food freedom is a mindset and not having stress tied to anything so for example like you said, those tools are effective if you're using them for a good reason, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's not really a good reason. Like, we're all using it for a good reason. It's not like we're trying to hurt ourselves or anything. So it's always a good reason that we're using them. But what are we tying to those things? So if I, for instance, if I wanted to use my phone and track things, I could, and I probably could be okay with that but it would probably add stress. So it's not really freedom. So, you know, if it adds stress, I would say if something is adding stress to your life, it's probably not allowing you freedom because if you are experiencing truly a food freedom state, then you will not be bothered by anything. You won't be bothered by the food that you're eating. You won't be bothered by the calories that you're consuming. You won't be bothered by any of that. I think that is the biggest thing. That's how I would describe it anyway. Mm -hmm. So when you're eating, are you tracking anything? Are you? Nope. I don't track anything. Anything. Mm -mm. So no phone app, um, portion control containers, measuring cups. <laughs> no. However, I did used to do all those things. Mm -hmm. I did used to use portion containers. I did used to track, um, that I don't, I don't even remember the last time, probably over three years ago is when I decided 
no more. <laughs> like, give it a try. Um, and of course, I hired help. I didn't do it on my own. I think if I did it on my own, um, I would be right back in the same place that I was because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. Like, it was out of my realm of expertise at that point. Had no clue. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes giving people, you kind of like what you said, <clears throat> stepping into those shoes of the person that you wanted it to embody. Sometimes if you don't know that that's possible, that it's possible, actually it is possible to eat without having to track macros. It is possible to eat without bringing a food scale somewhere. It is possible and without gaining 80 pounds without because I think that that's a hard thing is that we think like no if I get off of this diet you don't understand I'm going to like if the only way that you're able to eat healthy quote healthy is when you're on a diet and you're like because this is that all or nothing mindset so I think that that mm -hmm. like and I think that this like I want people to hear like there are people out there that aren't tracking macros and even if you are, like you're listening to this right now and you are tracking macros, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that you're an awful person. Sometimes you need to do something to get you to where you want to be. But when you're looking like 25 years from now, is that what you want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, and I think um, kind of goes back to like, like what you said, like the mindset thing. It's something that we believe to be be true because it's literally what's going on around us in our external world. So sometimes we don't really have proof that something different may work because maybe, you know, it, maybe we've never experienced it or no one in our family has experienced it or none of our friends have experienced it. Like there's that realm of just, I don't know. It's almost like, again, that connection, like connecting with people that have done it and latching on to them and learning from them and connecting with them in any way that you can. I think that's the only way, you know, you're going to have to, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to get uncomfortable if it's something that you want, but you know, and it may be hard at first, but stepping out of the bubble and searching for something or someone that you can connect with, you know, and latching on. <laughs> I think that's huge. And I think what you said too, like, if all of we're constant on your Instagram and well, you should unfollow, <laughs> should unfollow yes. anyone that's stressing you out. But if all <laughs> you're seeing is people tracking calories or people doing a whole 30 or people doing the keto, that's in your head. So you're thinking everyone's doing this. I should be doing this. But like those of us that are like, no, actually I just eat. It's also kind of hard for us to like show people like, look, I just do this really unsexy thing. Like, I just, yeah. dude, that's super unsexy. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no start and end. It's just, I just eat food. Like there's nothing to market. I mean, there is. And we, 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 you know, post stuff and stuff, but it's like, it's not this, you're not going to get a cool new app. You're not going to get a cool new um, food list. You're not going to get a cool new diet book. That's huge too. Like how many people's living rooms are covered in like all of their Atkins and South Beach diet books and keto books. Like you're not oh, going to yeah. get one of those. Oh yeah. Yes. And I'm glad you said that because those things, those companies, and I'm not bashing anything. Like if you're a part of a group or a company or whatever that you're in, it's fine. 
But generally those types of things, like if you're receiving a paper, if you're receiving a diet book, if you're receiving a shake, if you're receiving, like if it's a physical product and you have to learn from it, then number one, do that, like learn from it. But the whole thing that gets us is that we rely on it 100%. That's what gets us. Like if we're going to learn from it and step into the next, you know, thing, if that's a stepping stone, cool. But if it's something that we're going to just worry about and stress over and rely on 100%, then that's where we get a little bit shaky ground. And generally, that's the goal from those types of things is to keep you there. Because if you're not there, they're not making money, right? You know, companies, anything, anything, anything. Generally, if you're not a customer, then, you know, what's that going to do? What's that going to do for the company? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something to think about because the marketing, gosh, we can make a whole new episode on marketing, right? Oh, yeah. I actually just received an email this morning from LinkedIn and, and I, and I like we said too, like we're not company bashing. We're not business bashing. I think that there are things that I've done in the past, um, that did help me to where I'm at, but it's like, I don't need that anymore. And I don't want that anymore. And I'm not a subscription customer to those companies anymore. But the email from LinkedIn was just kind of talking about that. Like the best business models and the subscription like that, like someone getting someone to subscribe to your product where they're not even thinking about the purchase. It's just purchase. So like examples like, um, shoot the razor company that just sends you a razor every month or Netflix, right? Like, so you're not making, you're not consciously making a credit card transaction every month. It's just there. And this happens a lot in the diet world with shakes, with supplements, where it just, you're just constantly in there. Or like, um, you know, with Weight Watchers, like being, like using their app and being a lifetime member, like that's a big thing. Like this subscription, like subscribe to this, be a part of this um, indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. And then at some point you kind of realize like, I don't actually need that anymore. Yeah. I don't actually need that anymore. And I can move on. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yes. I think that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a stepping stone, using it as a tool, as a stepping stone, kind of like grades. I mean, you're a teacher. Once you outgrow and outlearn stuff that a kindergartner needs to know, you move up to first grade. Okay. You know, in second and third and fourth, mm-hmm. kind of the same, like with health and food, you just, you use tools like training wheels, like a bicycle. When you learn how to ride a bike, you weren't able to do it without training wheels at first, or maybe your mom and dad right next to your side, but eventually you got strong enough to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So if someone has thyroid issues and they were looking to get food freedom, what would be like like the big three takeaways that you would tell them? Like here are the things that you should focus on to, you know, like really enjoy life. <laughs> that too, like, hey, let's enjoy life, not just trying to get skinny. And, you know, losing weight can be a goal. I'm not anti-weight loss, but it's just like, I'm also, I'm not anti-weight loss. I'm pro-enjoying life. So like, how do we do that? Yeah, that's really good. So three things that I would say as takeaways. Number one, I think it's really important to first know what works for your body because, you know, if, if you're really uncertain, then you're going to keep experiencing those same symptoms, you know, for like thyroid people, it, it can range from a lot of different symptoms, but I think ultimately figuring those things out for yourself 
um, is huge because, you know, we're all, we're all very similar though. It's not like I'm going to be having these foods taken out or, or whatever. It, they're all very similar. However, being able to listen to your body and know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, that way you can start practicing with those things and knowing. And, and with that, I think, you know, even though it's not necessarily intuitive, I think keeping a food journal would be beneficial not to track your food. It's not a food tracker journal. It's more of a journal to write down what you've eaten and how you feel afterwards. So it's more of a, let's check in with myself. Let's really get in tune with how I'm feeling. And am I actually having any symptoms? So on the piece of paper, maybe just write down what you ate, um, what's your energy level an hour later? Um, are you noticing any symptoms? Anything like that. So it's not tracking calories. I just want to really point that out because you don't need to do that um, for any other reason other than being able to figure out what's working for you in that stance. Um, number two, I would say like throw away the list, <laughs> the cans and the cans mentally. You don't have to physically throw them away. You can have them there. It's kind of nice like at, at first knowing they're there. Like, you know, like that safety net, it's there. But mentally, like, practice allowing yourself freedom of choice. And with that, you'll notice a huge layer of stress and anxiety just lift and go away. Maybe not at first, you know, with anything new, like I said, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to take practice. It's going to take showing up and doing the work, but it's going to you know, it's going to feel much better. It's going to feel more authentic and just overall you. Like when you, like if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, I wonder what Justine does. I want to I wanna do exactly what Justine does or what Jacqueline does. Like that's ultimately not our goal. I, I know that's not our goal for you because what we do may be completely different than what you need to do. So just reminding yourself, like going back to your list or whatever, like how did you actually feel and are you serving a purpose for yourself and just allowing yourself to be. So if you want pizza, then have some pizza. I think that's totally cool. And if you do have, you know, food allergies, sensitivities, practice using substitutes like, you know, trading out for gluten-free crust. See if that's it. Like, don't do everything all at once because you may have, you know, like a gluten sensitivity, but you might not have a dairy sensitivity. Like, there could be a lot of different things. So just really getting in tune with how you're feeling. And I want to I wanna just say this because you may be wondering, like, how am I supposed to be feeling? Like, I have no idea. The goal after you eat is to feel energized and fine until your next meal. Whereas if you have a food sensitivity, there can be a lot of different symptoms. There's like, I don't know, I think I talked about 11 the other day. But anyway, like if you feel brain fog, if you feel low energy, if you feel bloated, gassy, um, if you're constipated, if you're having diarrhea, if you're, you know, having upset stomach, like there's a lot of different things. But if you're noticing something that is affecting your day, ultimately, that's probably a symptom. Like you should have enough energy to get throughout your day. So number three, we'll move to the next one. <laughs> number three, just know that everything's going to be okay. Like, I think that that's, that's, that's the big thing. Cause we can get wrapped up in so many things, food and so many things, you know, there's just so many things to get wrapped up in, but 
at the end of the day, you're alive, you're here, you're breathing, you're healthy. And even though it might not seem so right now, like in the thick of it, it may seem like everything's falling apart for you. Nothing is going your way. But just remind yourself, and I have to remind myself of this every day, is that life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. So even though it may seem unreal right now, you've been given this gift for a reason. And my belief is that you've been given this gift because you can overcome it. You can figure it out. You can conquer it. And ultimately, you can help other people with that same gift. So that's just my belief. I, I believe the world works in that way. We, we haven't been given anything on accident. You know, any, any story, like anything that you've listened to today, anything that you've listened to from Jacqueline, I think all of it is serving a purpose. And the same goes for you guys too. Like, you're here to serve a purpose. You just have to step into those shoes and believe that no matter what, you will figure it out because that's the truth. You can do it. You can do it. I think that's the three biggest takeaways. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one is huge. I was thinking about that, you know, kind of like all of my struggles with food or struggles with running. I've talked about like going from zero to a hundred and it's like, I, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it any differently because the lessons that I've learned and like the, like the mental strength that I've gained from all yeah. of the, all of the F ups. Like, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, I, I think about like people and kids like in general that lived a perfect life. Mm. It's, it's just not the same, you know, they don't, and I'm not, and I'm not generalizing like sure. this could be, you know, but it's generally like from stories I've read, they don't have the grit. They don't have the, the, they don't, um, it's not, yeah, it's a different, skills. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different level, you know, empathy, the compassion. Yeah. 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 Um, totally. I think, uh, there's a Brene Brown special on Netflix right now. And she's just kind of talking about like our vulnerability, our vulnerability is what connects us. The things that we are kind of, you know, embarrassed of or ashamed of, or just like, Oh, like no one's going to relate on this. And then you talk about it and you're like, Oh, you used to sneak pizza after like, you know, after your mom put it away, like I used to do that too. And, but like hearing something so small like that, like someone hears it and they're like, Oh wow. But then it's like, wow, well she was able to figure this out. Okay. Okay. You know, like maybe I don't have to live this life of struggle as well. And then figuring it out, like you build up that muscle strength that you didn't have before. Yeah. 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 That's so good. I love that. Yeah. And it's so true though. It is. Yeah. So if people want to connect with you to find out uh, more about working with you or other stuff, where can they find you? Well, um, let's see. I'm on Instagram at Justine Clark Wellness. I'm also on Facebook, Justine Clark. I, they wouldn't let me do Justine Clark Wellness there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then also my website is JustineClarkWellness.com. But other than that, I mean, yeah, if you guys have any questions about thyroid-related stuff, I'm more than happy to answer your questions or, you know, even if Jacqueline has questions or, you know, if, if you want that to be the medium, that's perfectly fine too. Awesome. Cool. I'll have all of the links to Justine's stuff in the show notes. And thank you so much today. Yeah, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Just a lot of money for the sole purpose of losing weight. 
Um, and all it did was drive me crazy because I would just end up binging and ruining whatever success I was. Um, so that's really, you know, it got to a point where I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I, I can't keep doing this. And that's why I created Imperfect Eating. I saw a need for something that was not out there. Um, when I was trying to lose weight and I was working with coaches, they would always tell me, you know, when, once you get to your goal weight, then you're allowed to eat these foods. Then you're allowed to. And I was like, oh gosh, like when does that happen? Because I keep messing up in eating these foods anyway. So what if, what if it changed? What if I was just allowed to eat these foods and I wasn't in this awful cycle of like never eating these foods and then eating all of these foods. And especially when I was in my clean eating phase, I, you know, I was like following blogs. Like I remember I was following, um, paleo MG and she would make these amazing meals and she would make these amazing desserts. And I was like, that's great. Like that pan of brownies is all clean or, Oh, um, who's the other one? Uh, chocolate covered Katie. That was another thing. Like these are clean desserts with like really, you know, wonderful ingredients, but how do you not eat the entire pan? Like, even though this is made with black beans instead of flour, um, how do you not eat the entire pan? Even though this is made, you know, without using sugar, like if I make that, I'm going to eat the entire thing. And no one taught me, like I was so frustrated and I was like, but I can't like, that's great that you can do that, but I can't do that. Like I cannot have that in my house because if I have that in my house, I'm going to eat the entire thing. And no one ever explained how to actually have a single serving of a brownie or how to actually just eat one donut. Like no one ever taught that to me. And it was just assumed that that was something that you could do. Like you'll just make the, the, the pan of brownies and you'll just have your one or two and then you'll put it away and it'll be fine. And I was like, but how, like if I do that, the entire pan of brownies, is going to haunt me. And so it was really when I sat down with that and kind of got sick of eating the entire pan of brownies, whether it was clean or not, like I really got sick of this. And I was like, okay, so what if we stop trying to lose weight? What if I don't make weight loss my goal, which I've already spent $8,000 trying to do, and what do I do? I fluctuate down a few pounds and then go back up what if that's not my goal, but the goal switches from you really need to learn how to have a little bit without it turning into a lot of it. What if that's the goal? And no one ever taught me this. This was not something that was out there. And so when that became my goal, instead of weight loss, this impossible thing with weight loss, I was like, okay, cool. Now, if I were in a classroom with my students and that's the thing I was trying to teach them, what are the skills that they need? What are the tools they need, right? So then I went backwards. And so I was like, if that's what we want to get to, we're going to have to practice this. I know that my students do not learn something like the second I teach them. It's, it's a process. Like it takes time and they're going to mess up. And I'm there to support them, to provide scaffolding, to provide tools, to provide different questions for them to think about. Um, but really the biggest part is that it's practice and that in practice you mess up and you have to be okay with that. Like a five-year-old doesn't just learn how to read in a day, right? Like that takes time. Like, and even like over the course of the year of kindergarten, they're not like perfect readers by any means. Like reading, learning how to read is like all of school, like each year you're moving up. And so 
when I started seeing the goal is being about how to have a little bit and not a lot of it and seeing that this is going to take some time and I'm going to practice and I'm going to fail. Um, everything changed, everything changed. And so that's why I created imperfect eating is to help you learn how to have a little bit, learn to have a little bit without it turning into a lot of it, learn to have food and enjoy it and learn to just be able to be a normal eater, be out there and be normal with food and not be afraid of it. And how to like really live your life. I think that we all start eating and we start dieting or we start these meal plans because we think this is something healthy that we're doing for our bodies, but it really messes up our head and it messes up our social life. And so I want to say that if weight loss is your eventual goal, that's fine. That's cool. But that's not what this is about. What this is about is really helping you target things like stress eating, target things like nighttime eating, the punishing yourself, the being a jerk to yourself, the cycle that you go through. If you don't figure those things out, sustainable weight loss is never going to happen. You're going to punish yourself and not you're never actually going to get to that goal. And this is something that I see that like coaches out there, personal trainers, online coaches, they don't talk about this. They're just like, count your macros, count your calories, cut out gluten, right? And it's like, but what, like, <laughs> how do I just eat in a normal way for my body? No one ever talks about this. Or how do I handle stress eating? They're just like, just don't stress eat. Okay, cool, thanks. Never thought about that, right? And so, if sustainable weight loss is your eventual goal, you really need to figure out these things that are standing in your way before working on weight loss. Um, and so, you know, I've spent over $8,000 and oh, it's ridiculous when I think about all the torment, the torture I put myself through. But this course, this um, Intro to Imperfect Eating course is so low risk. Think about that. It took me <laughs> $8,000 and probably more. And honestly like a lot more and all of the years the torture that I put myself through and I want to get you started on this so it's super simple super low risk 20 bucks for podcast listeners um, and that includes three weeks of video content it'll be emailed to you um, uh, journal questions walking through it thinking things through instead of just doing we're so used to just doing and following the plan and not ever thinking about well what do I want this to look like for me and like setting a goal of like what you want your life to look like and who you want to be at the end of the process um, we never think about that we're just like no I just want to lose 25 pounds and then once I get there everything in my life will be great not really like you, you can lose the 25 pounds, but just by just not eating for the next two months and you'll be miserable in the process. So what I want to do is help you find a way of eating that is happy and enjoyable and where you're able to have a little bit without it turning into a lot of it. You're able to have donuts in your house or plantain chips in your house. You're able to make, um, if you wanted to make black bean brownies, if what you want like you're able to actually have that in your house or if you don't want something super clean and paleo like that and you just want to have ice cream like there's literally just like ice cream bars sitting in my freezer and they've been there for weeks and it's not a big deal if you want food to stop having power over you and to have a normal relationship with food and I'm going to tell you that relationship is going to be imperfect you are never going to have a perfect relationship with food it is imperfect but if that's what you want and you want to take all of that stress off of yourself I really want you to get signed up with this course super low risk 
check out the link in the show notes and let me know if you have any questions. All right, guys, take care.